Welcome to Kent Hunter's Prescriptions from a Church Doctor, presented by Church Doctor Ministries. Welcome to this episode. This is the second episode of this series about the issue of being an eyewitness. And as we look at that, we are going to spend some time focusing on the Evangelism Committee catastrophe. Now, in the last episode, we focused on the feel-good trap. And in that episode, we went with the issue of the feel-good trap. So many Christians and churches have focused on being the hands and feet of Jesus without really including the life-changing opportunity to be an ambassador for Christ. So that's what we looked at before, to having a historical peek at the Salvation Army and the YMCA and really thousands of churches that need to take a better look at the whole package. Now, in this episode, we're going to take a look at the Evangelism Committee Catastrophe. <laughs> and this is kind of fun, kind of painful, interesting for sure, but really needs to be said. You know, my friend John said, if they asked me to be on the Evangelism Committee of our church, I'd quit the church and go somewhere else. Then he added, who are those weird people anyway? Who are those weird people that are on the Evangelism Committee? Well, it is a bit strange. So let's take a few minutes and look at the anatomy of a typical Evangelism Committee. Now, this may not fit the profile of the Evangelism Committee in your church, or you may not have an Evangelism Committee. I don't know. I'm not too sure a church needs an Evangelism Committee. What they need is a whole church that's energized for mission. But that's another story. But I'll tell you what, after consulting a few thousand churches, and I'm not exaggerating there, I've seen a, a few patterns that emerge about those who serve on an evangelism committee. First, let me emphasize, these people love God, <laughs> no question about it. They love God and they love the church. You can't debate that. Anybody that serves on an evangelism committee, those are people who really love the Lord and love their church. And I'll tell you something else about them, too. If they're on their evangelism committee, they not only love God and love the church, but they want their church to grow. That's for sure. But as I shared in the beginning of the first episode, our research shows they have no clue how this is really supposed to take place. How do you get from here to there? How do you grow your church? How do you reach people for Jesus? And the truth is, when it comes to the how-to, most people bless their hearts that do their best and work their hardest on an evangelism committee have no clue about the how to go about it. No offense intended. They're great people. They just don't know how. But if you're on an evangelism committee, before you get offended by that, let me just add, most leaders in churches, including staff and most pastors, don't really know how either. So now that I've offended everybody in the church, <laughs> um, and I don't mean it that way, please don't take it that way, but the truth is, I graduated from four years of college, four years of seminary, all Christian institutions, and I got this Masters of Divinity, and I had no clue because I had no course. I had no course on evangelism. I really had no effort of the seminary to embed in me the real understanding that I have that I'm going to share with you throughout these episodes in this podcast. I had to get that elsewhere. Now, in truth, I did take an elective that was offered for those who wanted it, all 20 of us, out of 200 and some people in my seminary class, where some lay people took us out and showed us how to make calls on people who had visited the church but were unchurched. And that was a pretty good 
approach then. The world has entirely changed now. If you wait for an unchurched person to visit your church in the world we live in now, you're going to wait a long time. Secularization has reached a point where the church is marginalized and everything it stands for is marginalized as well. That hurts to say, but it's true. It really is. And so even what I learned on that two-credit-hour elective that I took, which I really liked, I thought it was good. In fact, I used it in my first church. I couldn't use it today. I wouldn't recommend it today, just simply because the world's a different place. So here we are, stuck on the how. How do you share your faith? Those people on the evangelism committee, you know, their objectives are honorable. They really are. But their strategies are usually ineffective. They're committed to the church, but ignorant about how God intends his people to reach this world. And truthfully, most of their pastors of those people in all those churches have never been trained as well. That's because somewhere along the line, we decided the mission field was somewhere else. And so if you want to be a missionary, that means you're going overseas or some faraway place. Now that's beginning to change, but only recently. We're still early on that change that is desperately needed in Bible colleges and seminaries that train pastors. So therefore, these people and their pastors are quite clueless. And that is not a derogatory thought in my mind or my heart. It's just a fact. But there are people still now so committed to the church that they're willing to sit on an evangelism committee or a board or a team or a group, whatever it's called, that has these issues in common. They care about the church. They'd love to see the church grow, but they don't know how. These people are often people who get it, at least theoretically. They understand and they care about people who are without Jesus, and they understand that those people who are without Jesus are likely, very likely, going to die and go to hell, as hard as that sounds. And so they see their committee, their board, their team, whatever it is, as another part of the church structure, like the property committee or the worship committee. And therein lies the foundational issue of structure that's wrong to begin with, because it implies that the building, the structure, the whole church in all of its essence as a church is the tool to reach lost people. And of course it isn't. And so what happens is in most of these groups, whatever you call them, evangelism committee or board or whatever, most of the time, most of their efforts, they end up talking about institutional strategies, publicity for the church, meaning the building, the institution, website development, the church sign, mailings to people in the community. It's all church-centered. It's based on the strategy, if you don't know Jesus, you all come. You all come to our church, to our worship service, the way we've always done it. You come on our turf, and that's the you all come worldview. And if you're on the mission field of America or anywhere else, it's just not going to work. If you really want to reach unchurched people, that's never going to work. Y'all come never was part of Jesus' plan. In fact, his great commission starts with the word go, not y'all come. So the people in the committee, bless their hearts, they talk about evangelism, but don't do it. And if they do it and follow most of the programs that are out there today, they're not effective. What's really interesting about the people on most evangelism committees or teams or boards, whatever you call it, really interesting is that most of these people don't even know if they have the gift, the spiritual gift of evangelism. They don't know whether or not they have the calling of an evangelist. 
So what about the gift of evangelism or the calling of an evangelist? If you do the research, and we have, only about 10% of the people in any church anywhere, only about 10% have the spiritual gift of evangelism, which means they have some other dominant and subordinate gifts, but evangelism isn't there for 90% of the people. That's because there are a whole truckload of other gifts discussed in the New Testament, and it's all the gifts that make the body of Christ the body of Christ and make it healthy and make it work. And so if they do have the gift of evangelist, if they have that role as an evangelist that is discussed in Ephesians chapter 4, if that is their gift, the very last thing they should do is sit with other Christians at a meeting in a church. Because if they have the gift of evangelist, they should spend almost all of their time, almost all of their Christian ministry among those who are unchurched. Why? Because they have that gift of evangelist. To put them on a committee is to put their gift in prison. But if they do have that calling to be an evangelist, they should also never use that gift among unchurched people alone. Because Ephesians 4 says that those special gifts that are given to the church, apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers, they have a very special role in the body of Christ. And it's very clear in Ephesians 4. It is to equip God's people to do the work of ministry. So if you have the gift of evangelist, you should be out there doing that calling of yours all the time. But you should never, ever do it alone. You should always be equipping someone on the job who has the gift of evangelist or evangelism. So evangelists should reach unbelievers. That's one of their jobs, one of their callings. And the other one is to simultaneously, while they're doing that, equip on the job, disciple on the job, mentor on the job, apprentice, whatever word you like, on the job, all the time, every time, those who have the gift of evangelism or the calling of an evangelist while they are reaching unbelievers. One of the missing biblical principles in most churches is for everyone to discover, develop, and use their spiritual gifts. Honestly, you have no idea. You can't have any idea unless you have a direct revelation from God. You can't have any idea about what you're supposed to do as a Christian, what your niche is in the body of Christ. You can't nominate. You can't elect. You can't goad people into doing something. You can't volunteer anybody for anything in the church. All of that is not in the Bible. What is in the Bible is that every single Christian, by the nature of being a Christian, has the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit distributes gifts as the Holy Spirit seems fit, not the volunteer coordinator or anybody else. The objective is not to do something in the church, but to discover what the Holy Spirit has in mind for you to do. It is just amazing to me when we consult churches how many people have no clue what is their spiritual gift or gifts. They just don't even know that such a thing exists. Somebody forgot to read the whole New Testament. You know what's really amazing? Is that discovery of spiritual gifts and the use of spiritual gifts, along with another biblical doctrine called the priesthood of all believers, which means that everyone is a minister, everyone is in ministry, everyone is involved in various ministries 
according to their spiritual gifts. Those two teachings, the priesthood of all believers and the teaching about spiritual gifts, those two teachings are always the most prevalent when you study about churches that are in revival. They're not all there is to revival because revival is a miracle and God does a miracle. You can't connive and structure a revival. You can only participate in it. But the churches that do and have a great harvest, always, always, those two teachings of the Bible, spiritual gifts, discovery, and use, on the one hand, and the fact that everybody understands everybody's a minister, everyone has a ministry, on the other, are two of the most common developments in churches that are experiencing revival. It's just the way it is. And so, as people discover their gifts and their calling, there'll be those that have the gift of evangelism. There will be those that not only have the gift, but have the anointing of the office of evangelist, the biblical career of evangelists. Do you think that those guys might be important for a church to find out who those people are and to equip and release them to do ministry? What a joke. How sad that so many churches are filled with people that have no clue. And again, I don't mean that in a judgmental way, but if I'm frustrated, think about the head of the church, Jesus. I wonder how he feels about churches that aren't following his plan. He's got this perfect plan to reach the world. And even people that really want to have not figured out the how issue. How do you do it? Well, those with the gift of evangelists have that spiritual ability given by the Holy Spirit to share Jesus Christ with non-Christians. And that should be their main ministry. And they should always, anytime they do any ministry, be discipling those who have the gift. And they should be doing that through on-the-job training. But you might be asking, well, what about the rest of us? Will there never be a time when, I mean, I don't have the gift of evangelism. I don't have the calling to be an evangelist. My gifts are in other areas. Does that mean that God will never use me? Does that mean I shouldn't pray for my nephew who hasn't got a clue about Jesus, but is maybe kind of receptive and open? But, you know, I don't have the gifts, so I'm just going to forget that? Forget him? No, because those that don't have the gift of evangelist have a corresponding role to those that do have the gift of evangelist. And that corresponding role is for everybody in the church, no matter what your gift mix really is. And that spiritual role is the role to be a witness. Every Christian all the time is supposed to be an eyewitness. It's an eyewitness of what God has done in your life. And so that's the subject we're going to tackle in our next episode, episode number three, we're going to look at eyewitness. And yes, indeed, that is spelled with a capital I. It has nothing to do with that I in your head. It has to do with I am a witness. And every Christian can be a witness. But don't let that scare the bejeebers out of you. And don't get the idea you're going to knock on doors and talk to strangers. Instead, take a deep breath and hang on for episode three on Eyewitness, and I'll see you then. You have been listening to Kent Hunter's Prescriptions from a Church Doctor, presented by Church Doctor Ministries. 
If you've liked this episode, please leave a review on Apple Podcasts and subscribe to hear future episodes. Check out Kent Hunter's new book, Who Broke My Church? Seven Proven Strategies for Renewal and Revival, available now wherever books are sold.